Hi, this is Halsey from Art Show, and this is a podcast I did with Fife Paranormal. Or not. And so, about eight and a half years ago, I finally just, my dad and I, we started this. It's a really echo. Dad saying, hey, we went to America. My answer just seems like. Hi, this is a Halsey from Art Show, and today I'm talking to. Can you introduce yourself, young sir? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jake Fife. Uh, Jake, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes, Ken, I am a paranormal investigator based out of Virginia in the USA, and I have over eight and a half years of experience of in-the-field research. I've had paranormal experiences pretty much all my life, and it just seems like the paranormal has always been a part of my life, whether I've paid attention to it or not. And so about eight and a half years ago, I finally decided that I'm going to search for answers because I had questions all my life about what I'm seeing, why I'm seeing it, the voices I'm hearing when there's nobody there. So my dad and I, we started Fife Paranormal. And ever since then, we've been going to locations across the East Coast, investigating highly active locations to find answers and see if these locations are active or not. Um, what is the scariest or uneasiest experience you've had? Oh, that's a fun one. Um, it was May 13th, 2016. It was actually a Friday the 13th investigation at St. Albans Sanatorium located in Radford, Virginia. If there's any American listeners listening to this or you're going to America, you're interested in this stuff, definitely check that place out. It's the most active location I've ever checked out. So we were, my dad and I, we were with a public investigation. That's kind of what made the experience a little more um, strange was that there were close to about 80 people in the building and it still was able to do this. So we were in the second floor hallway uh, that historically in the sanatorium was where they had the children's ward. And we were with a group and there was about six or seven of us in this hallway and we were were misnaming the hallway. We were calling it the Muffin Man hallway because there's this doppelganger spirit in the building. We were actually in the wrong area so we kept calling it the wrong thing and whether that ticked it off or something like that we're not sure but I remember we were at the front of the group I was talking with one of the guides and I remember my dad saying hey we're going to go over to this room called Jacob's room which is another screwed up area and the guide said okay we're all going to be in this hallway we have about 45 minutes until break time we'll meet in 45 minutes and then we'll leave so we're like okay so we went down the hallway we took a left and then took another left and then we went to the first room so it wasn't like we were halfway across the building you have to remember these hallways are really echoey and so anytime anyone would make noise we should be able to hear them so there are two other guys in the room with us and we were doing a session stuff started happening we would hear footsteps steps uh, but we attributed that to you know there might be someone in the group that's wandering over to our area 
So we really didn't think a thing of it. So we started conducting a spirit box session, PSV7 spirit box, and we were getting a few responses coming across. Um, then my dad got the idea, hey, why don't we turn off the spirit box and see what happens? And I was honestly a bit skeptical at first of doing that because, you know, where there's an echoey building, I was worried about hearing the other people in the hallway contaminating EVPs. But nevertheless, we tried it. And as soon as we turned off the spirit box, it was like the whole energy of that room changed. It went from, okay, this is a creepy room around midnight on Friday the 13th to, okay, there's something wrong here. And I was standing towards the back corner of the room. I was facing the door, and I kept hearing what sounded like footsteps moving around, almost like it was pacing back and forth. And so one of the guys that was with us, he started taking pictures on his iPhone of the doorway. And about the time he took about four photos in rapid succession, we heard footsteps walk by the door. And when he showed us the photographs, the first photograph, there's a black, it's like a black mass. And it is taller than the door frame. And the door frame was, I'd say, about six and a half. Everyone's at the bottom landing 
of the stairwell that's literally right next to the room. And we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, so these really loud stairs that was built in the 1890s, so it's the old crickety, rickety stairs that, you know, if you put even the slightest bit of pressure, you're going to hear it. We didn't hear eight people laughing, cutting up, talking, and stepping on these stairs, and our voice recorder never picked it up, and you guys didn't hear us. So we are like, okay, something's amiss here. So the last thing I remember, and it's great when the story starts out that way, but I remember my dad and I, we were in the back of the group, and we were talking with the guy leaving the room. We were telling him what happened. And the next thing I know, we're halfway down the hallway, and we're in this room called Evan Radford's room. I'm not sure why they call it that, uh, but it's got Evan Radford written on the wall. And so I'm looking at a newspaper cutout of John F. Kennedy, and I had, um, I was just looking at it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, and my dad was by the window, he was looking out over the town, and I caught movement out of the corner of my eye in this room that, I call it psychedelic little Nemo, because it's got like a bunch of octopuses, clownfish, and stuff drawn on the walls, but they've got like weird, demented looking faces, crooked smiles, red eyes, black eyes. It's, it's kind of evil looking. So I caught movement in there and I turned and there was about 10 feet from me this blob creature. And that's about the best way I can describe it. And it had, it had a weird form. If you've ever seen the movie The Blob, it looked kind of like that. And it had these huge black eyes. It was about the size of dinner plates. And it had this really weird, crooked smile. And it just looked at me. And it didn't walk. It was more of like it glided to the side. And it looked at me. And we made eye contact. And then it darted back out towards the hallway. And I don't know why I did this. But I kind of ignored all my instincts. And I actually chased it. Which, of course, you should never do anything like that. I don't know why I chased it, but I chased it. And we went through the crazy room. We went into the hallway, and there's this area where the hallway winds out because it's a very narrow hallway, and it's just dorms on both sides. And there's this area in the middle where it opens up, and you can either go into the attic where there have been multiple possessions, a demonic presence, different things like that, or you can go down, uh, I think, two other corridors. And it stops in the middle of that, and it did like a pivot, almost like a basketball pivot. And it just stood there and was looking at me, and I stopped dead in my tracks. I was about three feet away from it, and I was just looking up at it. And it was just, it was pure evil. And that was the very first time I'd ever been that close to something like that. And it was just disturbing the feeling it gave off of just pure terror. And I was frozen, basically. I felt like I couldn't move, I couldn't say anything. And it had a bit of a dead smell to it. But one thing I remember is it was almost like when you're sitting in front of a space heater, you can feel the heat coming out of it hitting you. It felt like that, only it felt like it was pulsating, the heat. And my dad, he ran behind me, and he was like, what the? And then he said, back up slowly. So we backed up to Evan Radford's room, and we could see the thing in the doorway. We were looking at it, and we pulled out 
a spirit box. And it came through. I've never heard a spirit box response, a voice that clear before. We were getting full sentences coming across. And it had this deep, scratchy, metallic voice. And it was answering our questions. And the weird thing was, once again, the voice recorder did not pick it up. And that, when I was reviewing it, kind of ticked me. I was like, so the best spirit box interaction, and it's not going to let us record it. But we conducted the session for about 10 minutes. And we decided, okay, for our safety, it's best to just get out of the area. So we walked down the hall, uh, back towards the staircase. And when we got to where everyone else was, no one had noticed we were gone. And the weird thing about it was when we were leaving the room with the guy before we, I guess, teleported to Evan Rafford's room, the guy told us, okay, we have about five minutes before break time. We're going to hang here. When we came back after a 10-minute session, he said, okay, it's only a few minutes till break time. So... You go from five minutes till break time, we conduct a 10-minute or plus session and have all this crazy stuff happen, and only a minute or two has gone by in their time. And so that kind of freaked not just me, but also my dad, because, you know, it was so much more than just, okay, we saw this blob creature, it spoke to us, we were this close. There was elements of lost time. We didn't feel like we were a part of this physical world anymore, because no one could hear us, no one could hear us running, me running down the hallway after me, yelling, what the crap is that? No one could hear anything. And once again, when we walked towards stairs, people were laughing, cutting up, and also, we couldn't hear them, and they couldn't hear us. And so for me, that is probably the most disturbing experience I've ever had in the paranormal field so far. You mentioned before where you were talking that you would like to talk about, uh, some, uh, what was it, some project that you're doing? Oh, yes. Um, I'm working with frequencies. And it started late January. Um, we, My dad and I, we were talking, we were kind of not really sick of the spirit box, but we wanted to try something different because, you know, with spirit box, it scans the radio waves. And no matter how fast you scan, there's always that percent chance that what you're hearing could be radio. You can never say for 100% certainty it's not radio. So we wanted to just experiment and try some things that were a bit more credible. Um, and so I was just on YouTube searching up different things and I ran across a device from the mid-70s to the early 80s that was called the Spiritcom. And basically what the Spiritcom was it used 13 tones, 13 different frequencies, and it would have a uh, tape recorder with a microphone running into it to record the tones on playback, and it had a microphone sticking out of the device so you could record your questions. And it allegedly, you were able to have real-time, almost like a spirit box communication with the other side, and they also had theorized, uh, George Meek was the guy who invented it, uh, that you, we might also be speaking with 
other dimensions, possibly aliens, even alter alternate realities with this device. And of course, if you look on Spiritcom, there's a lot of people that say, well, it was a hoax, everything like that. Everyone has their own views on it. But I love the principle of it, using these frequencies, because it's not just, you know, like a substitute for white noise. It's an energy generator. It does pump energy into a location. So even if you don't get a voice in real time over the frequencies, you have energy that the spirits can use to either manifest, speak over your voice recorder, and so on. And so um, I built kind of my own version of the Spiritcom. And basically what I did is I took a tone generator app off the internet. I put in the same 13 frequencies that they use. And I hook a microphone up to my laptop. I use an aux cord going from my laptop to my turntable speakers. And... That's basically my version of a spirit column. It's not an exact replica based on their schematics, but it's close. Um, so I've been experimenting with that. I haven't had any voices over the frequencies yet. I have heard noises like, um, and I'm not an audio expert. I'm not a frequency expert, so there might be a... Uh, logical explanation for this, but I have heard interference, I have heard what sounds like knocking, taps, could be Morse code, I'm not sure, um, but in doing research with that, I ran into a guy by the name of Constantine Rodave, and Constantine Rodave was another researcher, ITC, in the 1960s, and he came up with a device called the Rodave Diode. And the idea behind it, I don't know exactly what frequency it's tuned to, but it can't record human voices or ambient sound. And the theory is, is the spirits can use their energy to tune to that, spe that specific frequency. And that because the diode is only uh, focused on that one frequency, any EVPs that will be recorded will be amplified and very clear. And so I went ahead and bought a modern rod of a diode and haven't had any luck with it so far, um, but uh, it is a really cool device and it adds a different element to investigations. And that's something I've been doing with my frequency experiments. I've also been running this. responses when I have the frequencies running versus when I don't have them running. So that's something I've noted about them. And that's basically my frequency experiments I've been working on since January. Sounds very interesting, that. Now, um, do you believe in, like, the theory that the ghosts that are left behind are normally people that want to say something or had an... Um, regret something when they've, well, and, uh, before they passed on, and that they eat, eat the worst of the spirits, or the, uh, well, well, we can call it evil, I suppose, that they are, they're the ones that want to cause the most grief for people. I definitely uh, believe that spirits, they're here, they linger on this 
this earth for a reason. Whether, like I said, they have unfinished business, if maybe in the afterlife you're given the opportunity uh, a certain amount of times, hey, you can go back to earth and interact with people. I mean, personally, if I was a spirit and I guess the spirit people came to me and said, hey, would you like to go back to your old home or visit old family? You can talk to them for this window of time. I take that in a heartbeat. So I can imagine there's other people that's passed on that probably think the same. Um, as for where evil originates, I believe there's different layers. Um, I do believe in demons, demonic uh, entities. I think, of course, I believe in elementals, and elementals... Um, they're good and bad. Each one's kind of different. But I believe also there's just angry, mean people. Um, it's my personal belief that as you are in this world, you will be in the afterlife. So if you're an angry person who hates the world in life, when you go to the afterlife and you come back to this world you would probably still be that angry person who hates the world, and so therefore you would come across as a mean person. But that's just my personal beliefs. Now, don't be offended, because I ask everybody, I always ask the same question. Um, what do you think of people that may be skeptical of what you do? I think everyone is, of course, entitled to their own opinions. And something that my dad always taught me early on is you never criticize a person for their thoughts, their beliefs, their experiences um, because, you know, even dealing with skeptics, we've had a lot, a lot of skeptics contact us and they'll have a good idea like, well, maybe if you try this and sure, they may come across as trolls or jerks, but when you get past, you know, all caps or something like that, sometimes there's good information there. And, of course, with skeptics, I expect them to be respectful of paranormal investigators, views, opinions, thoughts. It's just as long as we're respectful to each other, I, th I don't have an issue with it personally. Yeah, I've, as I say, I always ask that question because it's the one question that everybody's thinking anyway. So that's why yeah. I get it, out the, get it out of the way. You know what I mean? you had some personal um, paranormal experiences would you like to explain some if you don't want to that's fair enough as I'll tell it up to you oh sure I'd be happy to um, I mean where to begin I've had paranormal experiences all my life my very first the earliest memory of life I have is actually a paranormal experience I remember being really really young and I remember waking up one night and seeing shadow people down the hallway walking in and out of rooms up and down the hallway um when I was nine years old, we lived, actually I was 10 when this happened, we had lived in this place in the mountains of southern West Virginia, and we were about to move to where we are now, and one of the last days we were there, I was outside, and that was something that I would do every single day. I would always come home from school, I would get my homework done, and then I would get something to drink, something quick to eat, and then I would go sit outside and just, you know, observe. Um, 
And I remember one day I was sitting outside a few days before we moved, and I had two Australian shepherds, and they both started going insane, barking, growling, and there was a water tower, water tank that was being built up the hill from our property, and they were barking up in that direction. So when I looked up there, I saw a figure, and at this point, I wasn't a paranormal investigator. I was kind of interested. I was like, yeah, I've seen some stuff. I've heard some stuff. not really paying attention to it. I've got school, sports, and other stuff to pay attention to. But I remember for the very first time, a shadow figure, for some reason, it hit me. I was like, what is this? And it was different from the, oh, that was interesting. That was weird. It was like, okay, I want to know what this is. This is this has gone on for long enough. So I started walking out in the yard, and to me, it looked like a Native American. It almost looked like a Native American warrior. It was just standing there. It had like a headdress on. Uh, it looked like it had a spear or something. It was just standing by the water tank looking at me. And my dogs, they took off up the hill going after this thing. And it looked at them, and it just very calmly just walked behind the water tank and vanished. And that was one, that was the experience that I finally decided, okay, I'm going to be a paranormal investigator. I'm going to start researching into what I just saw. And it was because of that experience I'm here today on talking to you on this show. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got interested in the paranormal, basically because I, I do think I had a supernatural experience of my own. I was basically in a coma, had a blood sugar one two four. Um, wife was told that I might die. Anyway, while I was in the coma, I heard a woman's voice I'd never heard before or since. It told me to wake up, and I had the most overwhelming feeling I've ever had to wake up. Now, I know I said that my brain could have released chemicals that may have made me think that, but I honestly believe it was my guardian angel. Yeah, sounds like it. And that's why I got interested in the paranormal. And since I've been talking to various people like yourself... I'm learning more and more each time. Yeah, and you know, that's the fun of this field. You learn more and more every day. Now, if anybody's listening who'd like to uh, know a little bit more about your paranormal uh, thing, have you got a website or any links that you would like to give to people? Yes, I would. Um, you can find us. Most of our stuff is published on our Facebook page, and that is facebook.com slash Fife Paranormal. Uh, we do have a website, uh, Uh We also have a YouTube where we post a lot of spirit box sessions. Uh, my frequency experiments are exclusively posted there. That is youtube.com slash Fife Paranormal, and that's where you can reach us. Yeah, I think you have to widen your field where you publish nowadays, don't you? Yeah, it's it's good to spread uh, your content in different places.
places because you know you're not going to interact with the same people on different formats there's always going to be a different community that you interact with and it's really cool because you get different views different takes on what you're doing it sounds like you uh, definitely enjoy what you do Oh, heck, I love it. And, you know, one of the things with Viper Night we do is we live stream uh, most of our investigations. And that was something that I found along the way, um, a few years into being in the field, um, there was a whole the question thing, but also I found that there were other people that had questions. There were people that had scary stuff going on, negative stuff going on, and they would ask me questions. What do I do? What is this? And that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to help people that have questions and anything like that. And so with Fight Paranormal, we kind of wanted to create an environment where you come along with us on our investigations and interact a daily interaction we want you to teach us as much as we may be providing information for you about your situation so it's not like um i'm trying to think of how to word this we don't want it to be uh there's a paranormal facebook page let's go check out see what they're doing and that's it we want to have we want people to feel like they're a part of the group and it has helped us so much. People have messages, hey, have you thought about trying this? Have you thought about going here? And it's forever changed the way I not only look at the paranormal, but how I go through it. Yeah, but obviously you know that over, over here in the UK, we have quite a, a big history of um, hauntings. Oh, heck yeah. It's thousands of years history over in the UK. Yeah. Uh, have you ever thought of, I know it's probably a bit too far, ever coming over UK and doing a UK investigation? I've always, out of all the countries, places in the world, I've always wanted to visit, I've always wanted to visit England. Um, not just for the paranormal, but I'm a huge history buff. And so I always wanted to see, like, uh, the areas where William the Conqueror was, where the Romans were. Uh, my family uh, was actually the uh, people that owned the Kingdom of Fife way back when. And so... I've always wanted to go back and kind of see the old ancestral kingdom and see where my ancestors roamed, the haunted places there. There's just so much to do in the UK, and I've always dreamed of going there. Okay, I think we, um, we've covered quite a few bit things today, and I do appreciate that you spend your time with, time with me, and I do thank you for doing this for me. Oh, thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. It's an honor to be on your show. Okay, what I should do after I finish, I shall give you the link. I shall give you the downloaded link bit that you can listen to back to what we've done and the actual okay. link link. Is that okay? Sounds good. Now, when will the actual show be posted? Well, I'm going to be doing it as quick as I can... Turn off my, because I do my show is very technical, you know. <laughs> so yeah. As quick as I turn off my tablet, uh, tablet recording bit, and turn off my phone bit that I'm talking to you at the moment, and then I shall put it on as quick as I can tap things out. Okay. 
Alright, sounds good. Yeah, I'll keep it very basic. <laughs> That's about how I was when I had my show. Yeah, I, I, I keep it simple because it works for me. Yeah, and you know, if you have a bunch of technical, technical stuff in the background going on, it kind of takes your mind and attention off the interview and the show itself. And as you can see, um, I, I keep my, I keep the questions flowing as I can think of them as I go along. I don't know, tend to have anything set in my head. I, I go with what I hear you, t what the the person I'm interviewing, like you, Jake, how I, how we we're going along with the conversation, and and then we, I can think, oh, that sounds interesting. We'll go that direction. I think it works. Yes. It's a very uh, smooth and flow of conversation. Yes, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I shall say good evening to you. And it's yes, and it actually just became evening. Yeah, and it's uh, good night at my end. <laughs> Time zones. Don't go there. <laughs> right, thank you. Thank yeah. you, mate, sir. Bye then. Oh, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, you have a good night. You too, sir. Bye. Bye.